Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, great to have you back today. We've enjoyed our last couple of weeks as we talked about marriage and relationships and dropper like a rock. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen, because they were a lot of fun. And we got lots of feedback on those. All positive, I might say. So. Yeah, which makes me nervous because you yeah. said, woe to those when all men speak well of yeah. you. So we need a few of you critics out there to keep No, us we no, don't. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Positive, <laughs> positive criticism, right? Yeah, yeah. not words of death. Um, but we do have a question that we want to answer today because we actually get this all the time and in lots of different ways. It's a, why did God let this happen? So when we say that, like, why did God fill in the blank, let this happen? Yeah. Why did God let me get COVID? Why did my family member die? Uh, just talking recently, you know, why did I lose my job? What, what why did this what happen? What purpose was me? that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why can't I find a spouse? And we say, listen to our podcast on how to um, find a spouse or drop them like a rock, like Paula said, but... <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, yeah, but that's a great question, and we, we, we've we discussed some of the answers that we're going to give today in other podcasts, but we're going to succinctly give um, four uh, passages to hold on to, uh, four ideas that, that help anchor your theology. Yeah, that you can really grasp yeah, you when need, you're walking through some of these things. Yeah, because you need to undergird your thinking um, and, and correctly. You need to have good theology. Yeah, we really do. We need to have a strong theology. So when we go through difficult things, we have something to pull back on to to help us walk through those things. And a number of years ago in a church we were at, our pastor gave a sermon about too many in the people in the church having stinking thinking. And <laughs> we always laugh about that, but that's it is so true. What does that look like? Yeah, if if your thinking is not right, we've talked about this before. The battlefield really is in the mind, but we want to give you some passages today to hold on to when you ask yourself for yourself or maybe for somebody else, why did God let this happen? Yeah. And a, a preface, it's a saying I just heard just the, uh, a couple weeks ago and it just blew me away. And we were talking about that and I thought it's a great overview is uh, God is for you. He's just not about you. Oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> wow. Hear that, hear that again. God is for you, but he's just not about you. And we talked a few weeks ago about the spirit of narcissism. We did podcasts on that, talking about narcissism, how we want to make it all about us. And yeah. this, the things we're going to talk about and the passage we're going to bring up are great correctives if narcissism is starting to creep into our life. So just remember, God is for you. That's yes. right from the Psalms. Twice, mm-hmm. David says that, I, this I know, that God is for me. Yeah. And that's why, I, therefore, I shall not fear man. But, but, uh, but it's not all about you. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so our first one is one of my anchor verses. It's one of those that really blew us away years ago. I mean, what, 30 years ago, maybe early in our marriage when we read this passage and we were talking about going into ministry and mm. it comes out of Ezekiel chapter 24, verses 15 through 18. Yeah. Let me jump in and I'll read this. And the word of the Lord came to me, meaning Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, behold, I am about to take from you what is precious to your eyes with a fatal blow but you shall not mourn and you shall not weep and your tears shall not come. Groan silently, do no mourning for the dead. Bind on your turban and put your sandals on your feet 
and do not cover your mustache and do not eat the bread of other people. So I spoke to the people in the morning and in the evening, my wife died. And in the morning I did as I was commanded. Wow. Does the Bible really say that? Hmm. Is this really what happened? Did God say to Ezekiel, your wife is about to die? And I love how he says it too. I'm going to take away the light of your of your eyes, the desire of your eyes. He loved his wife. He, he, God's acknowledging that, but he's still going to take her. And if you go on to read the passage, it's, he does it, and he's using it as an illustration to the rebellious people of Israel. And... I remember when we read that and we talked about it, I was like, wow. I mean, I can't imagine if God said to me, hey, Doug, I'm going to take Paula. You know how much I love you and you know how much, uh, I, yeah, you know, on this earth, you're the greatest thing the Lord's given me. And yet he's, I'm, well, God's, thank you. you're welcome. <laughs> but he, and I think that's how Ezekiel probably felt about his wife because the way he yeah, describes it yeah. there. And then he says, but I'm going to take her. And I don't want you to cry. I don't want you to mourn. And I just want you to act like, and in that culture, that's a big deal. I just want you to act like nothing happened, which is, it's almost a that's huge so insult. Yes, yeah. it is. It's an insult to your family, your spouse, that you're not grieving your wife's death. And I love what it says at the end. And he spoke to the people in the morning and in the evening, his wife died. And in the morning, I did as I was commanded. Mm. Just obeyed. And yeah. wow, that is so... It's really an obedience passage, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's really important to note here that this is not a passage about grieving. Yeah. It is about the sovereignty of God. Yes. And it's that that's the thing. Like, we can't necessarily read it like that. Yeah. That's not what God is calling us to do yeah. when we're grieving. But but it is a passage about the sovereignty of God and, and that we may not always like things that happen, but we have to trust and we have to obey. Yes. Yes, we have to trust God when we don't like it. Now, the the good thing for Ezekiel is at least he know why it happened. Yes. We have things happen we don't know why, but we trust God when we don't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it. I mean, I didn't like it when I um, found myself needing a job at 50 years old when I thought I was going to be the head of a church. You know, And the next thing it's like, well, that didn't work out. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I didn't like it, but I'll never forget. I had a choice. Am I going to trust God in this and just say, okay, I don't like it. I kind of had that choice too. And then yeah, we've talked about yeah, that before. It's but, always about the growth of our faith. Yeah. But that's a great passage for you to think about and discuss with some of your friends or family members of, uh, will you trust God when you don't like it? Yeah. Because Ezekiel did. That's an example that we have to. So yeah. that's the first one. Second one doesn't get any easier. Hmm. Psalm 119.71. Listen to this verse. It is good for me that I was afflicted so that I may learn your statutes. The psalmist says it is good that I had I was afflicted. Something happened to me, whether it physically or emotionally or spiritually or whatever. He was afflicted. But usually that has an idea of some outward thing happening to us. The yeah. idea there of whether he was attacked by enemies, whether he was physically attacked or, or somehow... But he says it was good so that I may learn your statutes so he could learn God's word. Yeah, that that always amazes me because that's not usually our first response, is it? No. In the midst of, of affliction. Yeah. Oh, this is good. This yeah. is great for me. Yeah. But you know, the people that I know that walk with God really well and deeply, 
in the midst of that, they do recognize that. Yeah. Like well, it, it, we come closer to God in that. It's really when God gets our attention yeah. is on those moments. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. yet we always fight against that. You yeah. know, isn't it true? Like, I don't want that. Yeah. And yet it, it is. Yes. It's when we go through dark valleys is when the Lord shows up. And so many of our, we've talked to people who that's their testimony. Yeah. I found God when I was in pain. I found God. I in grew the midst deeper of the valley. in the Lord. I learned yep. things about God. Because let's face it, people don't come usually want to meet with us. Hey, I'm so happy. Can I meet with you? I want to talk to you, Pastor, because I'm just happy. And <laughs> no, they usually come to us when they're having yeah. a problem. And Yeah, you know, when there's pain and, and they're confused. And I, I wrote this in my Bible. Doug, you probably don't even know this. Um, I have this quote in my Bible that I wrote early, a long, long time ago from C.S. Lewis. And it says, God whispers in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Yeah, that is a great quote. I did not know that was in your Bible, yeah. but I'm telling you people, if you see my wife's Bible, yeah, you wouldn't find it <laughs> because <laughs> there is so much in there. It is a scholar's, but scholars, I mean, people with all sorts of little letters after their names would be envious of the markings wow. and notes and stuff in my wife's Bible. So uh, sorry, but my daughter gets that Bible when she we does. pass on, so yeah. you don't... What, if you want to come and see it, we'll charge you. <laughs> it is a testimony it <laughs> uh, to using the same Bible for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's a weird I want to. I'm going to take a little rabbit tail oh, off let's that. Go write in your Bible. Yes. Like it doesn't need to be a clean thing. Yeah. Like it, it's if you saw teardrops in my Bible or a date where I, I recently saw this. I really am taking a rabbit trail. I'm going to go there just for a second. Um, our youngest son had a extremely serious accident when he was 13 years old, and he had a spinal cord injury from a soccer game that he was playing in. And I wrote the date after um, when God gave me a great verse about his healing in my Bible. And every time I see that passage, it's in Psalms. I'm not going to read it and take time to do that. But it really reminds me of God's faithfulness in that time, how easy it would be to forget. Every time I open up to that passage, I remember that and I praise God for it. Yeah. So that's yeah. great. And we've said it before, uh, dirty Bibles lead to clean lives. Oh, so, that's right. <laughs> mark it up. Yeah. Yep. So, Bible study 101. Yeah. Okay. Back to God but, getting our attention. Yeah. And what's the famous saying? There are no atheists in foxholes. And so it's in the valleys that we look up to God. And yeah. And so when you're going through an affliction, when you're going through something in your life that's bringing pain into your life, you you, you want to ask yourself: Is is this is this um, te- what is God teaching me through this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and your with that is your ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal, and this is the thing: is it holiness or happiness? Mm. I like I like to think of it that way. That's, that's mm. a category for me. Okay, is this helping me become holier? Because I don't like it. Yeah. But I, I just don't want to be about my happiness. I get this question actually a lot in relation to marriages. I get this with women that, you know, and sometimes the marriages, I have to be honest, really are unhappy. They're hard, hard marriages. But um, I've used that line. Does God want you happy or holy? And, you know, through our holiness, he actually brings inner joy and happiness yeah. because we, we're staying with him. We're making him as our number one priority. Yeah, and it should drive us to the scriptures to see the answers because that's what he's doing. He says, it was mm. I was good afflicted so that I may just learn to be happy. May I learn to figure mm. this out? No, so that I may learn your statutes, your words, your laws. So when you're going through something, what does the word say about this? What is yeah. God saying about this situation? What does he want me to learn about him right. or about myself or about the world that I live in? It really is amazing in those times that all our focus is on him. Yeah. 
yeah, so... Okay, it doesn't get any easier. Now we no. go into the New Testament. Wow. This is another game changer. <laughs> you might want to go back to the one on marriage yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you're a little like, oh, this is, yeah. yeah. It's well, easier deep. to be a happy, clappy Christian. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it does not sustain you, but yeah. Yeah. so keep going. So in Luke 17, 7 through 10, this is Jesus saying, uh, he goes on and says this uh, story. Now, which of you having a slave plowing or tending sheep will say to him after he comes in from the field, Come immediately and recline at the table to eat. On the contrary, will he not say to him, Prepare something for me to eat, and properly clothe yourself, and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you may eat and drink. He does not thank the slave because he did the things which were commanded, does he? So you too, when you do all the things which were commanded, you say, We are unworthy slaves. We have done uh, done only that which we ought to have done. Hmm. Hmm. just a simple question. Am I willing to just serve and trust him? Sometimes we've told this story before the, the queen, uh, the nurse who was teaching young nurses, when you're stuck carrying the bedpan, carry it like a queen. Hmm. Sometimes you're just supposed to serve. Yeah. And God is not applauding you right there. He's not wanting it all to be about you. He, he's using you. He wants you to just trust him and serve him and, and you'll get your reward. Our yeah. reward may be in heaven, not on this earth. Yeah. In fact, it will be in heaven. I shouldn't have it said that, that was bad theology. You, Jesus says you're going to receive things on this earth. You're going to receive houses and mothers and brothers and sisters, but then eternal life and even much more in the kingdom of God. Yeah. So uh, that's a great passage to just go back to and ask. It yourself. really is. I um I have a another thing in my Bible that I've written. I have some of the sayings that I use frequently um, in light of eternity. And I think that's really important because in light of attorney, when we can look at our circumstances, most of them are temporal, some are not. Um, I was walking through something with someone this week and I actually said to them, you know, in a month, you won't even remember about this. Like it seems a crisis in the more in the moment, and it you know was, um, but it was one of those things we have to keep an eternal perspective. We just have to, in light of eternity, what does this mean? And some things are bigger than other things. Some things are mountains, some things are molehills. But in light of God's eternity and what we're going to face at the end, if we can just keep that in our minds, it really changes our perspective, doesn't it, Doug? Yeah. And what and that's a great thing. I, I got to read your Bible. <laughs> You're saying. I don't let anyone near it. So. Yeah. But you know what? You'll remember 20 or 30 years. You may not remember everything, but you'll probably remember your reaction if you did something really um, wrong. Mm. You know, if you did something you regret, that will stay with you. I shouldn't have, you know, said that harsh word that broke off that relationship. Mm. I should have not wanted to seek revenge in that moment. You know, I should not have stormed out and, and, you know, I should have stayed and worked it out and those things. So, yeah, Yeah. how you react is is what usually will stay with you because, yeah, the the circumstance you probably won't remember. But if you did something, if you did something right, you probably won't remember it. Yeah. But if you did something wrong, it'll nag at you. Yeah. And you you can never go wrong by serving. I mean, really? Like, can't you take the step down approach? Yeah. You know, our pride doesn't often allow that. But when we really think about how Jesus was, yeah, he was a servant. He came to serve. I always love to say, Christians, we we haven't learned well how to lose. No. (laughs) I mean, 
you know. Well, the world tells us completely, you, you have to get your own way. You have to fight for your rights. You have to do all those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of laying down, you're like, no, fight yeah. for it. I need my rights, you know. Yeah. It's my right. You have no rights before Jesus, okay? Mm. Everything is a gift. It's a precious yeah. gift from him. And what a way to it, look at it. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, wow, look at me being positive. <laughs> 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 Coffee must have worked this morning. I'm kind of happy. So, yeah. For you who maybe That's be listening great. for the first time, I'm usually a little more heavier. My wife <laughs> usually lightens things up, but I love it. I think we've kind of reversed it. Yeah. You're teaching the great wisdoms and stuff, and I'm just... Here's You're just the, happy. Yeah, I'm just here. What do I always say for the aesthetic beauty? That's why I'm here. Oh, for, oh, oh, for you. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah. All right, let's... Let's jump into one, uh, another verse. Yeah. How about Psalm 116.15? This it doesn't get any easier. We have four really difficult but incredible verses. Yes. So, if, yeah. Let me just, before we even read it, if you remember, uh, we did a whole episode on the reaction to the COVID and the pandemic and the crisis. The and, COVID. Yeah, the COVID. <laughs> and uh, Reaction to the COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, we read Hebrews 2.15 is one of the key verses that he might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery mm. all their lives. Mm. And so many people are in fear and they're being sub, they're like slaves right now to fear because of this whole yeah. pandemic. Well, here's the other verse we would say is the response uh, that we need to put in our I, I want to jump in here for a second because you and I both had COVID and maybe people don't know that. So we're not taking this lightly. Our son and daughter-in-law with three small children had COVID this week and we're walking through that. And, you know, there was that momentary thing like, uh, you know, it caught yeah. me. I prayed for them. They stood strong in faith. We, we just trust. Yeah. So, you know, there's a reality of fear in many of our lives yeah. okay. that we walk okay. through. Okay, uh, let's have another rabbit trail. Uh-oh, did I'm I gonna, leave? No, <laughs> yes, but I, I'm getting wound up now. Okay, uh, okay here I go. Doug, back, Doug's back to himself. Yeah. I'm going to call it out for every one of our listeners. Okay, we all have our opinions on vaccination. We all have our opinions on masks, okay? We all are, like, have our response. I was just... Mm. Looking, I did it. I shouldn't have, but I, I, I always remove Twitter for about two, three weeks, and then I'll go on and read for a day, and then I'm like, I can't do this, and I get rid of it again, and I never tweet. To which I'll I be, say, yeah, hallelujah. I know. But I was just watching uh, reactions to what uh, President Biden just did with the vaccine mandate. I know this is a rabbit trail, but, um, and boy, you should have seen both sides, the hatred from both sides in response to what he said. Okay, we all have an opinion, right? But it's amazing what people are saying, who are call themselves Christians, are saying to people personally, to their face, if they've been vaccinated or not. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you haven't done that. I, and just saying literally hateful things. Yeah. You're not living the radical Christian life if that's your response. No. Okay, you can talk about it that's in a, love. That's a fair call out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have love your opinion. Other. Talk yeah. about the Bible. Here's just speaking the truth in love, Ephesians. It's just, okay, you can say what you want. Just do it in love. Be nice and have a dialogue. Don't judge people for for the freedom they have. Okay, I'm going off on rabbit trail. <laughs> because That's good, though. Because we shouldn't let this pandemic ruin our spiritual life. Yeah. And one of the things is everyone is afraid of death. I'm going to get COVID yeah. and die. I'm going to get COVID and die. Well, you might. You might. And this is what my response. You also might get it in a, in a uh, car accident. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, yeah. That's encouraging. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So, Psalm one sixteen fifteen. Yes, that's right. I'm a little angsty. So. Psalm one hundred sixteen fifteen says. I want to write it. I want to read it. <laughs> I love this one. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Oh wow! Mic drop. Precious in the Precious. sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Wow, that is powerful. Yeah. So. In light of eternity, just like you said earlier, in yeah. light of eternity. You know, when I do funerals, one of the things I make sure and emphasize if it's a Christian funeral, somebody who professed faith in Jesus Christ, believing that he was the Messiah, the Son of God who died for their sins and rose from the grave, the gospel, I never say he died. I never said she died because the Bible doesn't say that. It says they fell asleep. Mm. I love when Jesus goes, if you've ever read John chapter 11, Jesus goes to Lazarus. Lazarus has died, and Martha and Mary go to them and said, our brothers died, and Jesus is, first he lingers around in the city. He doesn't go right away. And, and then when he goes, he goes, Lazarus has fallen asleep. And I go to him, and, and they're confused. And they're just like, well, if he's sleeping, he'll wake up. Hmm. He's like, okay, they don't get it. No, for your sake, he says they died. I think died. Jesus did that a lot. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I do yeah, like, I uh, if you've never little... If you've never watched this show, The Chosen, it's kind of fun because it shows a little bit of the humanity of Jesus. It, it makes really you think does. about the humanity of yeah. Jesus. And, and the humor yeah. and all the things yeah. that he had. I bet he did roll his eyes once or twice <laughs> yeah, or a I thousand times. I think he times. probably did, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and so he says, no, he, Lazarus died to help them understand. But why did he say he, he fell asleep? Well, he said they died so they would understand what he's going to do. He went and resurrected him. Because mm -hmm. if you believe in the resurrection... You don't die. You fall asleep until wow. the resurrection, and then you have eternal life. Yeah. And so uh, that is so important to to help us in this moment. And so what's the worst thing that can happen to you? Well, I might die. Well, actually, God says that's a precious thing. Precious yeah. in the sight of the Lord. Is yeah, precious? when you think of that word like that, that's a really strong word. It's precious to God. Yeah. Because so, we get to be with him. No, we don't want to minimize the loss of the people behind. No, we yeah, don't. Yeah, it's like a spouse and stuff. Uh, but I'll never a child. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. We really do mourn for ourselves. Yes, we do. And that's okay. We're supposed to. I actually have yeah. a whole thing that I feel about how in the country we're in, which is the U.S. right now, we don't mourn really very well. No. You we, know, we have a two-hour funeral and that's it. And yeah. we go on. Yeah. When other countries we lived in and they... they mourn for 40 days sometimes yeah. months and yeah uh, yes they respect grief and i think that we haven't learned to do that really well no. in our culture but we're grieving ourselves because yes. our spouse our child yeah our loss life, yeah especially yeah. children god yeah. loves children and we saw that jesus yeah, do not forbid not the children coming to me for the kingdom of but god isn't, belongs to me. i jumped in on you i'm yeah, sorry okay. <laughs> yeah that I'm doesn't happen too much <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's all <laughs> yeah but, you know, I, I just think it's so important we think about that, like even in our mourning, that there is hope for the believer in Jesus. Yeah. And that that's the thing. Yes, we can mourn, we can be sad, but the other side of that is the hope. We do not grieve like those who are unaware, Yeah, it says. Yeah, they have no hope. Right. Yeah, we, we do. do. We do. So now one of the last things I want to just do is, because a lot of these come from the Old Testament, especially I've heard a pushback on that Ezekiel passage, Jesus changed everything. The Old Testament's gone and the New Testament, yeah, yeah the New Covenant is a better covenant. Yeah. There is no doubt about it. But Jesus affirmed the Old Covenant. Jesus, yes. I was, actually, I read this, so 
Being Didn't new. he say, I did not come to abolish, but I came to fulfill. Exactly. And uh, my nerdiness came out because I read, because uh, I was just going, how many times did Jesus quote from the Old Testament? Stuff? And I read 78. I read one article mm. that said 78. So I went and found a chart that had all the times Jesus had quoted hmm. and alluded, and I counted up, and it's around 78. Yeah. 78 times he's quoting, That's alluding to the Old Testament. Quite a bit. Yeah, he's affirming it. And so uh, there's one book, one story, one God, and... The, the Bible is true, Old yeah. Testament and to You can't cut out parts of the Bible you don't like. That's just right. called heresy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do that. We trust it all. And yeah. so, yes. And we so, may not understand it all, yeah. but we trust yeah. it all. So I, I think we should, and there's a great quote we've had in our our little file. I, so you have right in your Bible, I have my mm -hmm. little file I keep where every time I hear a good quote. Well, you story, have so many quotes. I don't think all of those would fit in my Bible. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. So, uh, But there's one by Chuck Swindoll, a preacher for you don't know, just a famous preacher preached in um, California for many years, became president of Dallas Seminary, just a yeah. well-respected um, yeah. pastor. You know how we, we talk about that, like, you know, you got to be careful following men. But the cool thing is when you watch some someone like his life to date, he yeah. is still alive to date, yeah. he is walking with Jesus and he's walking well. Yeah, he's probably in his 70s, 80s, and I think in that, and no scandal. No, yeah, and, and that's what that is a uh, man uh, worth yeah. looking at. Yeah, so you young people, yeah, to. you found that cool pastor, he's 22, he's all the way for Jesus, yet yeah, don't. Don't forget to listen to the ones who finished well. Yes. Who finished well. Listen to both, but don't yep. forget to listen to the ones who finished yep. well. Why don't you read it for us, Paula? <laughs> I'd love to. It was a glorious day when I was liberated from the concentration camp of fear. The fear of saying, I don't understand the reasons why, but I accept God's hand in what happened. It was a greater day when I realized that nobody expected me to have all the answers, least of all God. If I could figure it out, I'd qualify as his advisor. And scripture makes it clear he doesn't need my puny counsel. He wants my unreserved love, my unqualified devotion, my undaunted trust, not my unenlightened analysis of his way. Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.